Welcome to Digication Scholars Conversations. I'm your host, Kelly Driscoll. In this episode, you'll hear part one of my conversation with Abby Crew, Assistant Dean of Academic Planning, Assessment and Improvement, Curriculum Review and Innovation at Colorado Mountain College. More links and information about today's conversation can be found on Digication's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Full episodes of Digication Scholars Conversations can be found on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Welcome to Digication Scholars Conversations. I'm your host, Kelly Driscoll, and today I am so pleased to introduce Abby Crew. Abby Crew is Assistant Dean of Academic Planning, Assessment, and Improvement at Colorado Mountain College Curriculum Review and Innovation. Welcome, Abby. Thank did you. Did I get that all right? You did. <laughs> it took me one year of reading my email signatures to memorize my title. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I thought it would be fun to just kind of kick things off um, for our listeners and learning a little bit about what your role at uh, CMC entails. Well, my eight-word title um, has been tagged on to as well. So I am also the project manager for our Compass Initiative. And our Compass Initiative is our strategic alignment between academic affairs and student affairs. And what's really exciting about Digication and our partnership uh, with Digication is that we were looking at uh, first year experience and realized that we have 11 different campuses. We're a dual mission institution. A third of our scholars are dual enrollment. Uh, so they're mm -hmm. high school concurrent enrollment students. About a third of our learners are also, also multilingual learners. So we were really struggling to find a first year experience that met everyone's needs because we don't have a one size fits all clientele. Right, and so right. we couldn't uh, craft a one size fits all first year experience either. Um, so education gave us this opportunity to capture the CMC experience through ePortfolio. So we are weaving that into our holistic advising efforts um, and really helping students see themselves within their scholarship and see their journey both within and beyond the classroom into job placement and education has been really influential in that endeavor. Wonderful. Thank you. And I know your school is pretty new in its use of ePortfolios. Are you still kind of considering where you are in kind of that pilot phase or have you expanded from that initial kind of endeavor, let us know kind of where where your school is in that implementation. We are in year two of our pilot program, and we were able to extend the pilot another year because of the Cora launch. And so mm -hmm. we're really excited to pilot the assessment on the back end of the Cora build with our brand new institutional student learning outcomes. So our student learning assessment committee uh, will be able to utilize the AACNU rubrics that align yes. with our institutional student learning outcomes as they apply to the student artifacts within the ePortfolio. So that's what we will be piloting this year specifically. Nice, and I, I love having institutions that are kind of newer in these e-portfolio pursuits come and speak to us about the experience because it's so fresh kind of where you are in the beginning stages. And I would love to just hear a little bit about, 
you know, how did this all begin? What kind of spurred the interest? I know your institution's been working really diligently in incorporating more high impact practices into various classrooms. How did ePortfolio really become part of the discussion? It's a great question because our journey began with the High Impact Practice Institute uh, with AACNU. And as I alluded to earlier, we went in doubling down on our first year experience as our high impact practice and then quickly pivoted <laughs> um, yeah. to ePortfolio to capture that CMC experience. So our journey began uh, with high impact practice investigation and the ways in which ePortfolio can really capture that for uh, the myriad uh, experiences from certificate to bachelor's that our students pursue at Colorado Mountain College. We have subsequently uh, attended the AACNU ePortfolio Institute. That is a year-long pursuit. Uh, we also attended the AALHE assessment conference last year where LaGuardia Community College were celebrating their work. And, yeah. you know, all signs pointed to digication, so we had to give it a go. <laughs> well, we always love to hear that. But tell us a little bit about the AACNU ePortfolio Institute experience, um, because I know there, there, there may be some listeners that are taking part in it right now. Uh, there may be some listeners that have been thinking about it. And I think that there's probably some listeners like uh, yourselves that participated in it and are now in this kind of pilot phase or getting things off the ground. So Tell us a little bit about what that experience was like for your institution. So what's what's remarkable is that you get to ideate with colleagues who are in the same morass. And so I really appreciate AAC and you creating the space for us all to explore and strive and fail and explore some more. Um, and so we we got we were invited to present at the ABLE conference. And yeah. part of that preparation was creating a journey map. And I was like, well, we haven't really done that much. And then I went through the exercise of actually creating this journey map and was like, oh, my gosh, we have done so much in a year. And this journey map has actually been celebrated and shared at board of trustees meetings and academic council oh, and good. throughout the institution yeah. because we have done a lot of work in a short amount of time with an expert coach who has also made a lot of mistakes and we learn from those and it sets us ahead five years and in collaboration with other institutions who have similar stumbling blocks and so we kind of pick each other up and say this worked at our institution this didn't work so don't try that or maybe try that but no this might be you know an impediment that's coming so we really we just we get to collaborate and ideate on um, innovative strategies that are truly change makers in the institution of higher ed. And that's exciting. It's it's yeah. empowering and it's energizing. And sometimes change can be defeating. And we all know that. So we get to pick each other back yeah. up. Yeah. And you're really, you know, starting to get this off off the ground, I think, at a time where a lot of institutions would say, oh, you know, our faculty are just exhausted. How yeah. could we ask them to do something different right now. So how do you feel like it's been positioned in such a way at your institution where it does feel like it's 
more of an exciting opportunity for faculty versus something that is just kind of one more thing that they have to learn in the midst of everything else going on in their lives. Sure. And I think faculty fatigue and initiative burnout and all the other um, COVID has changed everything. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a coalition of the willing. So certainly there is no top-down mandate that Mm -hmm. faculty need to embed portfolio. Um, We were really actually hoping that the change agents themselves were students uh, celebrating Mm -hmm. their work um, and championing this practice at CMC. It's really a gift that we're able to offer students, both in terms of the artifact that they can take into their job interviews, but mm-hmm. also the folio thinking that it cultivates in a scholar to be able to connect what they're learning in a math class and articulate in an interview how that sets them apart as a candidate. Um, so that folio thinking really is a gift. And, and so again, faculty have the opportunity to opt in we embed a tutor in any class that has education for some technical assistance. We actually have some student scholars who are going to help us as well, uh, student work study. Uh, we have, last year was our first, our inaugural student symposium to showcase the work of students in ePortfolio, and that was remarkably well received. Um, and finally, we we started the change making through a four question short form reflective assessment practice that asks uh, faculty to connect um, what they are lear- what they're seeing from their student artifacts, how they connect to our institutional student learning outcomes, and then reflecting on how successful or not the case may be and what supports mm-hmm. they may need. So we've. We've had a couple of different nodal points in this culture shift, beginning with the four question short form, kind of moving away from box checking assessment to more authentic assessment and then connecting our new institutional student learning outcomes to that authentic assessment through ePortfolio. So it's kind of like win, win, win. We also have holistic advisors who are championing this work. Um, they we can invite students to um, share who they are, why they're coming to our institution, uh, what they hope to get out of our institution prior to even meeting uh, an advisor and then reflecting on the work that they were able to demonstrate in their first semester um, and then in subsequent semesters in this ePortfolio, this kind of living transcript, if you will. Oh, I love this. And I hope some folks that might be considering doing a pilot are madly taking some notes on this because you've clearly learned some really wonderful best practices, you know, from having it something where faculty members can opt in versus it being something that's mandated or top down, having tutors that are inserted into the classrooms already that just automatically removes hurdles for faculty members that may not feel like they're ready to demonstrate the actual technology, the use of the student mentors. All of this has just um, clearly been beneficial for your students. I mean, when you look at the quality of the ePortfolios that are already starting to be created two years in at your institution, um, you can tell that there you've got real faculty engagement and commitment to to the cause. So thank you for for sharing that. 
Um, as the faculty members are kind of opting into this experience, what kind of resources are they given to kind of prepare for integrating this type of pedagogy or technology into their practice? I love that you started with some reflective questions that they're responding to, because it sounds like in terms of, you know, assessment and maybe choosing what kinds of artifacts or student experiences their students might add to the portfolio, they're starting with something that, you know, they're already doing, right? They're doing the work in their classrooms already. It's just about capturing that. Mm -hmm. But how do you kind of take them from those initial reflective questions to then kind of putting it into that day-to-day -day practice that they're having in their classrooms? We have a number of different resources. Um, so we have, I was like a traveling library whenever I was going to the different campuses. <laughs> and I was like, we have all these books. Um, yeah. So we have that. I also have a Canvas page that I can mm -hmm. add. So we use Canvas as our learning management system. And I have added faculty to that Canvas page. Um, and so they have access to all of the resources that I have created. And those resources include a onboarding checklist, like, you know, email the serve our learning management systems specialist to have digication added to the tab. So it's single sign on and, you know, then embed the tutor and, you know, step by step instructions there. I've also actually I I added a transparency and teaching and learning assignment yeah. for digication that I shared. And I just worked on one for the advisors, actually, as well. So um, uh, making accessible all of the resources that have been created. So faculty can not start from scratch, but kind of ideate from what is already in existence and just being really intentional about connecting, like you said, what's already happening in their classroom with our institutional student learning outcomes, which I will also add a line with our um, gen ed core curriculum mm -hmm. and those outcomes come straight down from uh, the community colleges of Colorado system that we mm -hmm. um, adhere to those agreements. And so those gen ed outcomes are embedded in our institutional student learning outcomes. So it's all like very intentionally nested. Yeah. So it's not additive, it's embedded. And our job is to make uh, transparent what all students are learning when they create a final project, right? Like that's right. that's what we're doing. So I have transparency in teaching and learning um, frameworks for the students, but I'm doing a lot of that for our faculty as well, right? Connecting those Wonderful. dots. Okay, great. And I was curious, so from the, maybe the initial goals that you had when you were starting the pilot, what some of those might've been. And with this next, you know, phase that you're in, how have those evolved at all? Or what maybe are some new goals now that you've gotten to the place where you are? Great question. I think that we started at the course level uh, with mm -hmm. our goals, and that was just to get the pilot off the ground. And I think our our new goals are to move from course level. We have some programs that are super excited 
uh, and you, you probably saw some of those artifacts. Uh, our outdoor leadership students are taking selfies of themselves hanging they're off busy. mountains, <laughs> and they're really excited about it. Um, and again, this is program level assessment, and the faculty are equally excited about um, you know iterating what that assessment um, cycle looks like and leveraging digication here um, to the institutional level assessment. So that I think is what we're really focusing on in this uh, second year pilot, uh, moving from course level to program to institution. Yeah, and I also noticed, you know, in looking some of, at looking at some of the student e-portfolios in preparation for our, our conversation today, that there's a, a number of really wonderful e-portfolios that are being created in more STEM-oriented disciplines. And I know sometimes in conversations with institutions, you know, we'll hear from, um, you know, maybe the humanities, liberal arts, writing programs that immediately see a good fit for e-portfolios. But there's sometimes other disciplines that feel like they don't have a good fit for any reason. And it seems like at your institution that those that are in STEM related kinds of fields and study have just really grasped this. Has there been anything about your conversation with faculty members in those disciplines that you feel like may have shaped that? Or is it just the culture of the institution that just seems so prime for this kind of pedagogy? It's certainly faculty um, driven, I will say. Our program director for ecosystem science uh, and stewardship program is a faculty champion in ePortfolio, mm -hmm. and she's re really driven the ePortfolio engagement. Um, I think probably those genetic students that you were seeing uh, in mm -hmm. that project and our outdoor leadership studies faculty are also really excited. And And it speaks, I had a lot, a many conversations with our program director uh, for outdoor leadership, and he just shared like how an e-portfolio speaks to his students. They don't want to write a paper about, you know, whatever they were doing in the wilderness. They want to take a picture of themselves. And then they want to say, you know, in a caption, the cool stuff that they were doing. Like that just speaks to to their um, heart and mind yeah. more. And so it's really exciting to be able to, to capture this learning in a, a multimodal way. Yeah. Yeah, they want to be outside. They mm -hmm. want to be in the field and, you know, really capturing those things in in the moment. So uh, it, that makes a lot of sense. So uh, for those listening, I warned Abby that I did spend some time looking at her own personal portfolio uh, before hopping on uh, this podcast with me. And there was an area of the portfolio that I, I really enjoyed. I mean, I enjoyed reading the whole thing, but I, I did want to highlight some of the goals that you outlined there. You're probably, you know, trying to think what you said there, but um, you said uh, that your goal is to ensure higher education is welcoming and equitable for all students and that you're striving to inspire innovation and passion for learning and improvement among your colleagues and students. And I was wondering if you could maybe elaborate on that a little bit and talk more about, because you're doing so many things at the college right now, um, you know, it, and 
you know, from looking at your portfolio and looking at all of the things that you're doing, I get a sense of this kind of incredible passion that you have for education and also for your students and their futures. And I would love to hear a little bit about how some of the things that you're doing at the college uh, are kind of meeting those goals or you feel like are helping you start to get to achieving those goals. I had 17 eager learners in my sociology of diversity class yesterday, and it was energizing. Uh, so <laughs> it was our first class of the fall semester. So that was exciting. Um, and so I think how I'm, I'm really a champion for high impact practices across the institution and, and being able to move the needle there uh, has been very meaningful. We have, we know that high impact practices work. We also know that they work at CMC and that's what's really okay. exciting for us. We have some robust internal data about increased persistence rates for our students who are exposed to high impact practices. Um, so making sure that faculty are feeling supported, uh, that they have the information that they need, that they have the support to embed a high impact practice in their class is really important. And the more that we're able to champion this work and celebrate this work and support this work, the more our students thrive. And like, that's what's so very important for me. The other kind of you fire that fuels my belly is um, around the institutional student learning outcomes that we just updated uh, and and really making relevant and transparent the what we call outcomes, competencies and skills that our students get from certificate programs to bachelor's programs. So we don't have a distinction at our institution from career and technical education are only expected to demonstrate hands-on skills in our four-year bachelor's programs engaging critical thinking. Like, we don't believe in that. We believe yeah. that every learner at Colorado Mountain College can demonstrate knowledge, involvement, and application upon graduation from any program. And I think that that, that really kind of democratizes higher education. It also makes relevant higher education from our welders to our bachelors in sustainability and more kind of theoretical programs. And and it makes for a workforce that has skills for the future that I really think are imperative um, from critical thinking to oral communication to being able to work with a diverse population. And so, um, you know, from the 17 students in my class to the faculty champions, to the systems in place, you know, we kind of can scale out how impactful higher education is and how important the work that we are doing and the articulation of that work we are doing um, keeps me coming back every day. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And it seems like whenever you're kind of setting out to do something that you have a real um, kind of mind for and, you know, I'm sure this is in collaboration with others often as well, but a real mind for kind of developing um, kind of a scaffold or, or very clear kind of strategic plan for, you know, step by step, you know, what various stages are and how they can happen and what the various goals are at each of those stages. And uh, I enjoyed seeing some of the presentations that you shared within your personal uh, e-portfolio that were 
housed under a particular tab um, called knowledge, involvement, and application. And it sounds like that is a kind of um, common language that's used throughout the institution. Um, and are those knowledge, involvement, and application kind of categories, something that students are working towards demonstrating as well? Yes, those are our institutional student learning outcomes. And then embedded within those outcomes are competencies and skills and then the AAC and U dimensions that we use to measure them. So being consistent with those outcomes, um, we even had a conversation about our employee evaluations aligning with knowledge involvement in applications. So it's just woven into the fabric of what we do um, and not an external box to check for assessment, which is kind of historically what it had been. Um, right. And I do have an amazing team, including a new uh, assessment director, which really uh, we collaborated to, to drive a lot of this change that we're seeing in action now. Wonderful. And I have a question for you, too. So I know many institutions kind of wrestle with, um, you know, how, how structured the maybe the prompts or templates that students are given need to be in order for them to kind of be able to see demonstration of their um, outcomes in, in various courses or learning experiences that they've had. And how does, um, you know, how are some of your kind of champion faculty members there approaching that? Have you seen them kind of try some different, different structures or approaches to kind of pulling that information out of their students and what that process has been like? Yes, students always want to model. And so many of our faculty champions have gone in and made their own e-portfolio um, to mm. share a model of what this can look like and also to sort of stumble through the technology and learn a new platform. Uh, mm -hmm. There's always a learning curve there. So um, that has certainly driven a lot of this work as well. That's great. So it sounds like um, when they approach it with their students, they've, they've got some personal knowledge of the, of the platform. Um, you mentioned that they've got tutors that come in and may be available to provide some initial training for the students. How are the students then supported when they start creating their own e-portfolios? Is it something that faculty are really doing within their classrooms or are there other kinds of resources? Other student. than the embedded tutors, we don't have a ton of other resources. I'm hoping that our student uh, employees actually will create some videos, some how-to prompts um, and tutorials for the students. Right now, our prompts are very open-ended. Um, upload an artifact of your work that demonstrates an alignment or demonstrates a dimension um, and a competency and articulate how and why that exists. And and that's the extent of our instruction right now. So, so what is consistent are the outcomes, uh, the competencies and the skills, and then the instructions are really quite open-ended. And we'll see how that goes. <laughs> so far, so yeah. good. Um, certainly, we can improve uh, and iterate with each uh, student feedback we get as well. Yeah. 
Well, and I was going to say too, so far so good, because it seems like the students have been able to embrace that kind of open-ended question and approach that and respond in very creative ways. Um, They're all choosing very different types of artifacts and presenting it in different ways. They're beautifully designed e-portfolios. The ones that I saw included a lot of media and uh, alongside the reflections that they were writing towards the outcome. So they seem quite quite comfortable in that environment. And I know in your role that a lot of your um, kinds of focus, and maybe this goes back to some of your early um, kind of studies in um, gender politics and gender studies, that there seems to be this thread of interest and it's something that's very near and dear to our hearts at Digication too, around you know, this kind of be- kind of theme around belonging for the students and finding their place within the kind of institutional fabric, finding their community at the same time that they're starting to discover who they are and um, learn about, you know, all of their strengths and skills and growth along the way. Um, I was curious in in the work that you do, are there conversations about using the e-portfolios in in that way? Um, You know, how are they maybe being coached or guided in that, yes, you know, we're interested in seeing your demonstration of learning outcomes, but, you know, how might this be something that's of value to them, you know, beyond demonstrating that at an institutional level, how might it really benefit them as an individual? Yeah, we share with students that they can, it's like a living transcript. And so they are able to take who they are, how they're growing, what they're working on and bring it home and share with their family. Um, and that's really important. And also in as a job placement um, skill and artifact that they can bring in um, and link on their profile and then share with potential employers too. So certainly beyond the realm of the classroom. When you were talking, I was also thinking about how we really emphasize um, equity in assessment. And so mm-hmm. our multimodal authentic assessment is imperative in a classroom where the written word is not the only way to demonstrate an understanding or kind of Ferrarian banking model. Like we don't yeah. believe in that. It does not resonate with our learners. We're trying to, in in some spaces, decolonize um, higher ed. And so I think Digication gives us a platform to do that and to celebrate that and to enhance many ways of knowing and being, and especially at an institution with a third of our population as multilingual learners, to allow our, our students to to think in their native language and to celebrate and ideate and demonstrate their understanding in their native language. Education can do that. And it's, it's really remarkable. We're grateful for that. Yeah. Yeah. Can you think of some examples where you've kind of seen that 
come to light in some of the student e-portfolios that have been created? We tried really hard with some of our um, ESL instructors to integrate uh, the e-portfolio and it was not as successful. And actually, we've had some conversations about offering instructions in Spanish, and I think that would mm -hmm. go a long way. So mm -hmm. when uh, that happens, let us know because we really will be early adopters there. Um, so <laughs> noted. <laughs> yeah, Jeff and I have talked about that. <laughs> good, good. Um, that would that would go really far in helping um, celebrate and champion the work of our multilingual learners in an e-portfolio and. Right now, some of our earlier classes, it the technology feels a little daunting. And in our later classes, mm -hmm. our students um, can celebrate their their myriad um, identities in their e-portfolio. But you know, there's there's some some technology navigation that is required as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and something that you know we've always really valued in our partnership with institutions and including yours is this ability to get feedback. All of that informs next steps that we take in our resources and technology development. So we love to have conversations about, you know, different ways that institutions may be approaching this and where they may be encountering any kind of challenges and hurdles. Uh, you mentioned that you're going to be starting to use some of uh, Digication's Quora new features that we're launching on the assessment side. And uh, you also mentioned that faculty members are excited about the outcomes assessment, which I do have to say is a somewhat rare thing that we hear. <laughs> So I would love if you could share, I know it, it's all very new, but if you could share a little bit about, you know, kind of what your plans are this year and how you may be approaching that and starting to add in other kinds of functionality within Digication within your community. Sure. So I know that faculty and excited and assessment don't always go in the they same sentence together. together. Yeah. <laughs> and and an added level of context here that's really what? important in doing this work is that when our institutional student learning outcomes were updated, it was by a group of faculty from across the institution. So um, with our shared um, leadership and um, we collaborated and um, the faculty sort of buy-in was really driven by faculty. And so now they want to see it work. So our shared governance model um, drove a lot of the change and led to this kind of whole scale adoption and like the buy-in happened. Um, and our faculty are also on our student learning assessment committee. So I will say like we have a, a biology faculty who is chairing that committee and she is super excited about this this year. I just met with her last week and she's really excited. <laughs> that is fantastic. This concludes part one of our conversation. To hear part two, be sure to subscribe to Digication Scholars Conversations on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Digication Scholars Conversations is brought to you by Digication, 
a technology platform powering the most innovative ePortfolio programs in K-12 and higher education. Our website can be found at digication.com. If you enjoyed today's conversation, please like, subscribe, and share with a friend. Thanks for tuning in.